You're listening to the Bible Chunks Read-Through Podcast in association with the Limadine Bible Reading Plan and Charles River Church. To have your own copy of this reading plan sent straight to your inbox, you can sign up at charlesriver.lmd.church. For more information about Charles River Church, visit charlesriverchurch.com. We read the whole story to make whole disciples of Jesus. Hey, welcome to Bible Chunks, where we read through the Bible in the chunks or sections based on themes that it was designed to be read in so we can get a better handle on the story of God. My name's Kevin. That's enough about me. Let's dive into the Word. Today we'll be reading Acts 25, 1 through 26, 32. 59 verses today. Now, three days after Festus had arrived in the province, he went up to Jerusalem from Caesarea. And the chief priests and the principal men of the Jews laid out their case against Paul. And they urged him, asking as a favor against Paul, that he summon him to Jerusalem, because they were planning an ambush to kill him on the way. Festus replied that Paul was being kept at Caesarea, and that he himself intended to go there shortly. So, said he, let the men of authority among you go down with me. And if there's anything wrong about the man, let them bring charges against him. After he stayed among them, not more than eight or ten days, he went down to Caesarea, and the next day he took his seat on the tribunal and ordered Paul to be brought. When he had arrived, the Jews who had come down from Jerusalem stood around him, bringing many and serious charges against him that they could not prove. Paul argued in his defense, neither I committed any of these offenses, neither against the laws of the Jews, nor against the temple, nor against Caesar. But Festus, wishing to do the Jews a favor, said to Paul, Do you wish to go up to Jerusalem and there be tried on these charges before me? But Paul said, I'm standing before Caesar's tribunal, where I ought to be tried. To the Jews I've done no wrong, as you yourself know very well. If then I'm a wrongdoer and have committed anything to which I deserve to die, I do not seek to escape death. But if there is nothing that charges against me, no one can give me up to them. I appeal to Caesar. Then Festus, when he had conferred with his council, answered, To Caesar you have appealed, to Caesar you shall go. Now when some days had passed, Agrippa the king and Bernice arrived at Caesarea and greeted Festus. As they stayed there many days, Festus laid Paul's case before the king, saying, There's a man left prisoner by Felix. And when I was at Jerusalem, the chief priests and the elders of the Jews laid out a case against him, asking for a sentence of condemnation against him. I answered them that it was not the custom of the Romans to give up anyone before the accused met the accusers face to face and had opportunity to make his defense concerning the charge laid against him. So when they came together here, I made no delay, but on the next day took my seat on the tribunal and ordered the man to be brought. When the accusers stood up, they brought no charge against his case of such evils as I supposed. Rather, they had certain points of dispute with him about their own religion and about a certain Jesus who was dead but whom Paul asserted to be alive? Being at a loss how to investigate these questions, I asked whether he wanted to go to Jerusalem and to be tried there regarding them. But when Paul had appeared he to be kept in custody for the decision of the emperor, I ordered him to be held until I could send him to Caesar. Then Agrippa said to Festus, I'd like to hear the man myself. Tomorrow, said he, you will hear him. So on the next day, Agrippa and Bernice came with great pomp, and they entered the audience hall with the military tribunes and the prominent men of the city, 
Then, at the command of Festus, Paul was brought in. And Festus said, King Agrippa and all who are present with us, you see this man about whom the whole Jewish people petitioned me, both in Jerusalem and here, shouting that he ought not to live any longer. But I found that he had done nothing deserving of death. And as he himself appealed to the emperor, I decided to go ahead and send him. But I have nothing definite to write to my lord about him. Therefore I have brought him here before you all, and especially before you, King Agrippa, so that after we have examined him, I may have something to write. For it seems to me unreasonable in sending a prisoner not to indicate the charges against him. So Agrippa said to Paul, You have permission to speak for yourself. Then Paul stretched out his hand and made his defense. I consider myself fortunate that it is before you, King Agrippa, that I'm going to make my defense today against all the accusations of the Jews, especially because you're familiar with all the customs and controversies of the Jews. Therefore, I beg you to listen to me patiently. My manner of life from my youth spent from the beginning among my own nation in Jerusalem is known by all the Jews. They've known for a long time, if they're willing to testify, that according to the strictest party of our religion, I've lived as a Pharisee. And now I stand here on trial because of my hope, in the promise God made to our fathers, to which our twelve tribes hope to attain, as they earnestly worship night and day. And for this hope I am accused by the Jews, O king. Why is it thought incredible by any of you that God raises the dead? I myself was convinced and I, that I ought to do many things in opposing the name of Jesus of Nazareth. And I did so in Jerusalem. I not only locked up many of the saints in prison after receiving authority from the chief priests, but when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them. And I punished them often in all the synagogues and tried to make them blaspheme. And in raging fury against them, I persecuted them, even to foreign cities. In this connection, I journeyed to Damascus with the authority and commission of the chief priests. At midday, O king, I saw on the way a light from heaven, brighter than the sun, that shone around me and those who journeyed with me. And when we had all fallen to the ground, I heard a voice saying to me in the Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. And I said, Who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. But rise and stand on your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to appoint you as a servant and a witness to the things which I have seen, which you have seen and to those in which I will appear to you, delivering you from your people and from the Gentiles to whom I am sending you, to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Therefore, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision, but declared first to those in Damascus, then in Jerusalem, and throughout all the region of Judea, and also to the Gentiles, that they should repent and turn to God, performing deeds in keeping with their repentance. For this reason, the Jews seized me in the temple and tried to kill me. To this day, I've had the help that comes from God, so I stand here testifying both to small and great, saying nothing but what the prophets and Moses said would come to pass that the Christ must suffer, and that by being the first to rise from the dead, he would proclaim light, both to our people and to the Gentiles. And as he was saying these things in his defense, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, you are out of your mind. Your great learning has driven you out of your mind. 
But Paul said, I'm not out of my mind, most excellent Festus, but I'm speaking true and rational words. For the king knows about these things. And to him I speak boldly, for I'm persuaded that none of these things has escaped his notice. For this has not been done in a corner. King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know that you believe. And Agrippa said to Paul, In a short time, would you persuade me to be a Christian? And Paul said, Whether short or long, I would to God that not only you, but also all who hear me on this day might become such as I am, except for these chains. Then the king rose and the governor and Bernice and those who were sitting with them. And when they had withdrawn, they said to one another, This man is doing nothing to deserve death or imprisonment. And Agrippa said to Festus, This man could have been set free if he had not appealed to Caesar. When Jesus was put on trial, all of the gospel writers make it clear that he was put on trial falsely for false accusations, that nobody could bring charges against him, that the charges that they did bring were contradictory to one another. And finally, somebody said that Jesus proclaimed that if they tore down the temple, he would rebuild it in three days. And from there, uh, they, they believed that he was blaspheming because he claimed to be the Son of God, or didn't deny that he was the Son of God. And so it, it, they take great efforts to show that Jesus was an innocent man who was unjustly put on trial and eventually put to death, and eventually vindicated and resurrected from the dead. Now, towards the end of the book of Acts, Paul is on trial. Paul, the one who had blasphemed himself, the one who had persecuted the church, the one who had cast his vote against for, for a death sentence against Christians and men and women and going into homes and, and, and kidnapping and, and doing all kinds of things to stop the spread of this dangerous message, who was blinded on the road to Damascus and had his entire world rocked, shifted upside down where he now understands that Jesus did raise from the dead and that Jesus is the Son of God. And now he can see, because his eyes and his mind have been opened, to see it from the Scriptures, the Old Testament, that all of these things were foretold, that the Christ must suffer, that the Christ must die. At places like Isaiah 53, 52, 53, where the suffering servant who is going to come and suffer and, and bear the sins of the world and... and, and Places like God's covenant with Abraham in Genesis 12, where, where God promised that not just for the Jews, but for all people, not just for Israel, but for all people, that though, that Abraham, his, his family would bless all the nations. And all of these things Paul sees as coming to pass in his generation and through him. And so Paul is now on trial and he is being falsely accused continually over and over and over told, uh, trying to be uh, shut up by those powerful Jews who would have things just continue to go the way that they have been going. And so he is appealing to the Romans, and in this part he has appealed to Caesar. And so there's no going back 
once you appeal to Caesar, you're going to get your day in front of Caesar, which is, uh, it's sort of this lamentable, beautiful thing, because it means that Paul is going to get a chance to share the gospel with Caesar, just as he shared the gospel with Agrippa and Festus here. And I love that Paul's reaction as they say, would you, would you in such a short time convince me to be a Christian? And, and Paul says, whether short or long, I, I don't, I don't really, I'm not in charge of that, but I would to God that not just you, but everybody who hears my words might become such as I am, except for these chains, of course. And so Paul is continuing in his boldness. He, this is, this is how you behave when you actually believe in the resurrection of the dead. Fearlessness. When you actually believe that, that you shouldn't fear those who can kill the body, but you should fear the one who can destroy both body and soul in, in, in the fire of hell. Paul is, uh, there, there's a reason that we remember his name, and it's because he lived like this. And so, as we wrap up today, uh, I would ask you to uh, consider what does this section of scripture tell us about who God is and what he's like? What does it tell you about yourself? And then finally, what was it that the Holy Spirit was stirring up while we were reading? Take those thoughts, turn them into prayers, and we'll be right here again tomorrow. Until then, God bless.